So I mentioned this to you, Justin. I, I like had a different intro I was gonna go with, but it's this is more interesting to me now. Now that now that I know you've got opinions, I, do. I went to the to the movie theater hmm? um, with my girlfriend and her friends, and we saw uh, a, mo- a movie with what I would say is maybe a not very good title because they had to throw Hunger Games at the beginning of it. Hunger Games, a ballad of snakes and roses. Okay, yeah. Or well, it's like it, well, like for, what, what for, first first ballad of songbirds. Songbirds and snakes, yes. Um, well, but like, if you didn't like Star Wars, has Star Wars in front of it. Star Wars episode, like, you need that to know it's that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's it's just a it's to me a weird title. I get why it's called that after seeing it, but like to me, I was like, I had no way to remember to remember what that title was. You know what I mean? Call it Hungry Snakes or Hungry Snakes or Ballad of Games. The ballad of the ballad of the games, the ballad, the the, games. which is really what this hitbox, what, what, what hitbox is. <laughs> it's but a ballad. Um, yeah, but so, so I saw this movie. I liked it. You were asking me some questions about it, and then revealed that you've read the book. Yeah, yeah, I read the book uh, two years ago. This was like in my in my like reading phase of like when I actually like focused on reading and had time for a lot of reading. So it was one yeah, of the books sure. I read. Uh, I was a huge Hunger Games fan. Always have been. Uh, the Hunger Games 3 was one of the books that when I finished reading it, I, it was like 3 in the morning because I stayed up reading it because I'm that kind of person. And then I was like, sure. I need to talk to someone about this. Who in my life has read this? And it was 3 in the morning. So even if I did know people, um, they I didn't want to communicate. Yeah, they were gone. They were asleep. They're gone. So um, I was just like waiting. And this is before I realized the internet was a thing. Not that the book is that old. I just didn't like you know, go there. You just didn't think of it, yeah. For interactions. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm a big Hunger Games fan. Cannot say I was a big fan of that book because, for, in my opinion of it, without giving too many spoilers, like, the main character is the Snow, the bad guy from the other Hunger Games movies, and he's kind of a piece of shit. And in the book, he kind of starts off as a piece of shit. Then you kind of grow to like him a little bit. And then as far as I'm concerned, he ends as a piece of shit. So, like... He's just a shitty dude with a little bit of like, maybe he won't be. Maybe there's a reason for his evil tyranny later on. But no, no. Sure. Interesting. In the movie, it's different. In the movie, it's like um, he, he he's a lot more complicated in the movie where it, like he seems like he's a guy who's like trying to do the right thing. But like he kind of lives in a world where doing the right thing is very difficult. You know what I mean? Um, and uh he definitely stands out from the people around him who are like genuinely pretty awful. And like, they make a pretty clear point of that. Um, but then in the final act of it, he does just take a pretty heavy turn. Yeah. And all um, of a sudden a he's just I, like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. And I was talking to Elena about it where I was like, it, like it felt like it came out of nowhere a little bit for me just because it's like this whole movie. Like it was, it was, I thought it was really interesting of like, how do you be a good person when you are living this way? You know what I mean? And, and like, and the the world is structured for you to be terrible all the time. Um, and then it just turns out he just becomes terrible. <laughs> right. Um, right. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it was one of those things where like, it, it's like, it's a, if you're not familiar, it's like the hunger games, but it's like the 10th one. And basically like everyone is like kind of over it at, the, <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And basically like they're trying to come up with ways to make it more interesting. And he's basically like in college essentially and he's like um uh like coming up with all these ideas for how to get people to watch so he basically he has the idea of like well what if we made it like a reality show and everyone's like well that's a stupid idea no one wants to watch like real people die and he's like no 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 they'll 
watch because they want to make sure that the people they like don't die. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so like it's, it's really interesting. And, and, and like the way that he behaves is, um, like he wants the girl that he's like the sponsor of to win for like some selfish reasons, but then also because he also just doesn't want her to be killed, which I like, Hey, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 I, I thought it was worth a watch. Um, if you, if you have nothing to do on like a Tuesday and got those $5 Tuesdays, that's pretty good. And if you like the hunger games, it's pretty good. I guess like a, a bad example for it. It's like, if you know, like you go into star Wars episode one, two, and three, knowing that Anakin is going to become Darth Vader, yeah, and you're kind of hoping that it's it's justified with how he makes that turn, and then all yes. of a sudden, the third movie, it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're just gonna be bad now without any reason, and then what's gonna actually need to happen is they're gonna just have to have another like series of animated um, Star Wars things <laughs> to, like, done by Dave Filoni to actually make it work and make sense, so it actually is a good like build to this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if people. Yeah watch that it, it was like it, it, it takes a turn in a way that i didn't understand and i thought it was like it was there was a there were some pretty easy ways to do it i mean like for the most part like he lit while he does he lives in the capital like the big like rich area like he specifically is not rich and his family is like very is like struggling really diff, like really badly and so like there's all this stuff where like him seeing how the capital treats people like him and then people who are not a part of the capital like i was like oh that would radicalize me i bet but no, he's just fine with well, and even that, becoming like, the most evil guy ever. And him becoming from like poorness to like whatever, he should have more sympathy in the later like books, you would assume. I just think that the core argument, the core reason it doesn't work is because he is not developed as an interesting character in the original uh, trilogy. So all of a sudden they're trying to make him someone that's more interesting and like you feel a connection for or something like that, but they just never did that. So you have to set up nothing. So you're setting up that he's just a bad guy. Yeah, it w I'll say this. It w like I, I like the first Hunger Games like a lot. I think that's the one that like everyone was like really hot on. And and like I watched the other movies. I didn't read those books. Um, but like for a series that I remember liking, but not having much like uh, like for me personally, like I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, like I went because Elena wanted to see it. I walked away being like, yeah, it's pretty good. So um, we're getting to the point. Uh, uh, Claire has been rewatching the original Hunger Games movies, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's going to lead with us uh, finishing in the crescendo known as Ballad of Songbirds and Ice Ballads, Ice Hunger and Games, Ballad of Mona Lisa. Yeah, ba Ballad of Gay Tony, that Grand Theft Auto expansion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, mine, yeah. mine was a Panic at the Disco song. Yeah. Justin, it's <laughs> hitbox. on everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 169 nice nice hey right yeah all right my name is peter Hensbitek. joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich justin things are good you're about to you're on your little break now for from from all the, them children at school i'm on my break and today i did something that i think is the um, best way you can head into break i made a eggnog no nope. oh. wait into you're already in eggnog season 
Oh, I'm deep in eggnog season. <laughs> oh, <Justin>. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm deep in the nog season. Homemade or uh, store-bought? Uh, I've not made my own my own yet, um, but I had some, um, like the Target brand. It's called a Good and Balanced or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, all right. All the right. Ballad of Good and Balanced. And <laughs> it's a callback. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, what 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 are you? How are you celebrating? Well, it's this is consumerism at its finest, heading into Black Friday. So I have my Black Friday purchase coming to my door. It's already been purchased Ooh, and delivered. What is it? What is and it? That is, is it? a PlayStation Portal, Peter. Oh. I bought one. Oh, you did get one. I did. I in fact, I bought it. I procured it. Um, so let me give you. I was waffling about whether or not I should get this. Right. Yeah, and I will say I did see you on Twitter being like, "Where are people getting these?" Yeah, where? So, like, so tell me all about it. So I, I, I didn't think I needed it. I think I, I thought I could wait, but then yeah, I was yeah. trying to clean up my platinum on Spider Man Two, and then my wife was like, "Hey, uh, can I watch TV in a bit?" And I'm like, "Let me just get this last Spider Bot, and then sure." And then I get the last Spider Bot, and then it's like that last, the last little thing that you have to do to get the little cutscene to it. So there's yep. one more thing. I'm yep. like, can I just do this one more thing? And she's like, yeah, fine. And then I do the the thing with that the special cutscene at the end. But it took me a little bit because there was like a glitch with how you got it. it. Just took me a second to like make it all work. So then it ended up being like 20 minutes when I just made it seem like it'd be like a minute. Um, yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It took so long. I'm, I'm done with it. And she was like, oh, that's okay. I don't need to watch TV. I just wanted to watch while I ate. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. oh my heart broke. My I know. Heart just broke I was like, bit. I was like, I felt so bad. And I was like, okay, I got to buy the PlayStation Portal. I It just came out. I'm like, I've seen these things everywhere. I'm sure I can buy one. I go to buy one. They are sold out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're apparently a hot ticket item for this holiday season. Um, so uh, I started the the hunt, and I kind of like the hunt, man. The going on the You're back the, on the hunt, the, back on uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, that website. It was now in stock. Uh, I, I chose yes. uh, to use a different one that actually kind of helped me go through. Uh, Restock Tracker. Dot io was the website that I used to finally get mm-hmm. it. Um, but so I got in the hunt. I had all my things ready. I had my subscriptions, my messages. Um, and then I'm sitting there at lunch today, just at work, doing some work. I was watching a movie and then like doing like some typing. All of a sudden I get an alert on my iPhone and I'm like, <gasps> they're in stock at Best Buy. So then I, I, get, I get in the mode, right? I put everything down, open up another computer. I have two screens. I have my phone open. I'm going to this thing on three different things. I get in the queue line. Finally, I get through on one of them. Then I had to quick log into my Best Buy account. And then you get to the thing and it's like add to cart. And it was like, all right, add to cart. Then it's like checking stock. And then just nothing. The button goes away. I'm like, no. So then I refresh, do it again, refresh, do it again, refresh, do it again. Kept like clicking right in between the refresh, trying to hope that would work. And eventually it was added to my cart and I purchased it. I did it. I completed it. And then I felt, to be honest, I was like, do I just want to start buying these for other people? Like, am I just gonna, <laughs> gonna, am, gonna, I gonna guy. am I gonna go back into this? Because like it's pretty like there is like when you once you already have your thing, and I guess even if it's like it's one it was a want, not a need, like when you're in that hunt mode, it is a special kind of feeling to be in that that in stock thing when you're trying to get that PlayStation, you're trying to get that device, that thing you want. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much how I spent my day today, uh, finalizing that. So, um, I paid a little extra to get it shipped to me, um, on black Friday. Um, and I think it'll be totally worth it. And I'm excited to try it out. Well, dang dude, I'm actually very excited to hear what you think of it. Um, because, uh, it seemed like, like we talked about, like, I think last week when it came out, uh, or when like the reviews came out that it's like a very specific item. 
You know what I mean? And it is exactly what it is, but nothing more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be really interested to hear what you specifically have to say about it. Um, and, and yeah, well, dang it. Congrats. And the thing that pushed me over 100% was the fact that I did that to my wife. I felt so bad. So I'm like, this yeah, is sure. literally yeah, yeah. the reason why I wanted this thing. Um, because playing it on the backbone just doesn't, it's not the same to me. Like when I'm just like up on my couch, but like, I'm, this is a yeah. good alternative to that. So never again will I hog the TV from my wife. Well, dang, you just got Wii U'd. <laughs> oh, I get it now. I was, I was like, was, wait, was, I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, that, that was that was what the idea was. Is that a compliment? <laughs> I think like I'm I'm not gonna claim that like the Wii U was some great hardware, but I'm I feel like it might have been a little ahead of its time. Oh yeah. If if we would have not appreciated the Switch as much if it wasn't for the Wii U. The Wii U helped yes. us vi- realize yes. our dreams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Justin, I want to give you a preview of the news. Last of Us Part 2 remastered gets leaked and then announced defensively. <laughs> um, the Knights of the Old Republic remake is dead and in the ground, according to one Jeff Grubb. And WB Games insists the Wonder Woman game is not a live service title. We're going to talk about all of those headlines and more. But before we do, I want to tell you that you can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker, and like GKS, my mother. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Today, we are doing part one of our Game Awards predictions. Uh, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about that ever since that all that stuff got announced um, last week, Justin. Uh, I'm really curious where you think a lot of things are going to fall. Um but we're going to talk about that, like I said, uh, for 30 minutes for our deluxe uh, bonus show. $3 a month for those deluxe podcast producers. Uh, if not, all good. You can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod and rate this episode in your podcast player of choice, should you feel so inclined. Um, but enough with that, Justin. Let's go to the Metacritic Roundup. Let's go! Metacritic Roundup. Just two games this week. That's it. Uh, the first one we talked about last week uh, with Persona 5 Tactica. That is the uh, Persona 5 spinoff. That is a tactics game. I reviewed this for DualShockers.com, and um, you can find my review there, or perhaps more importantly, on our YouTube channel. That's uh, just at DualShockers, um, where I gave this a, an 8, and the score on a PC is a 78. The score on the Xbox Series X is a 77, on the Nintendo Switch a 79, the PS5 a 77. It's unscored on Xbox One and PS4, but it's on both of those platforms. The game is out at this point in time. Justin, I don't mean to brag, I was right on the money. Uh, what did you review it on? Was it the PlayStation? Uh, Xbox Series X. Okay, wait, because I, I want to pull up, I want to pull up, speaking of you being right on it, this is like a, a moment for us, right? Like, we're sitting here. You write. Oh, you want to find my blurb? I'm gonna I'm gonna read off your blurb to everyone out there because this this is important. You said, according to your blurb, you gave it an 80, 8.0, 8. 0, 8. Point dot dot zero, 80 on Metacritic. You said Persona 5 Tactica takes a while to really get going, but once it does, you'll have no choice but to stick around for the ride. Thank you. That is my blurb. Yeah. Thank you. So do Thank you, you do you, for reading it? Justin. Do you do you like pick out that blurb? 
Um, I don't know. I definitely wrote that. Let me say that. Like, <laughs> um, like I definitely did write that, but I do not know where specifically that is. Um, let me see here. Um, oh, that might be. So I think I wrote that in the, um, product description. So basically like has to do the full review. Right. And then at the top of the review, we've got like that it's called like the tag where, um, it has the actual score. It's got like the box art. It's got like a quick little blurb, which that's what I wrote. Um, and then you do like pros and cons, you know what I mean? So it's just like a, a quick summary of your review. And so, yeah, so that is where, um, the, that little tag is, but if I might pause it, I would say that uh, I prefer this little blurb here. Uh, P5T offers a solid tactic ex- tactics experience if you're willing to give it time to let its narrative find its legs. Was, um, was that was that your blurb, or did you read someone else's that you liked? That is that is my blurb. <laughs> okay, just so like, basically like that's <laughs> like the subhead. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, that makes sense. I was like, that'd be yeah. that'd be a weird way of doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love what uh, comicbook.com wrote about. Yeah, this. they had a yeah, like their their slant <laughs> Way on better. it. Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, Persona Five Tactica, I gave it an eight, like I said, and it uh, uh, I think seems pretty in line with how everyone else feels about it. Where it's just like this is a pretty solid tactics game. Um, the story is like not a necessary. Um, it's, it's like not super super required reading. Let's call it for like the persona five story but it is like fun enough and it is um interesting enough um and it's definitely got heart you know so um what i was um as as someone who like you enjoy the combat in this game and as someone Mm -hmm. who like doesn't necessarily like play a lot of these tactics games from what people who do play tactics games frequently say it seems like this is actually like this is a really good tactics gameplay and a tactics thing like even for like 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 full-out fans of the tactics genre not just persona and good action games and i think what this really speaks on is that's three types of games that um, the people at uh, what's the, where the Atlas have made like solid combat systems for their games, and I think if we can trust Atlas yeah. for one thing, it's new, creative, and interesting ways of doing different types of combat, not just um, the um, uh, kind of turn-based uh, combat that we see in the mainline game. But I mean, they just they're they're good at this stuff. I think they they know what they're doing. And I think that was the biggest surprise. And I wrote this in in the review saying like. Um, this was made, let me see here, um, to quote myself. Uh-oh. Um, the tactics combat system that the game adopts is simple but flashy and makes every encounter feel like it was designed by a studio with years of tactics experience under its belt. Um, so, yeah, so, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, kind of surprising that this is so good because it's just, like, where did that come from? Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, yeah so, so there you go. That is Persona 5 Tactica. Um, a, a solid experience, but I'm I'm ready for Persona Six. Yeah, I'm ready for that Persona Three remake to see what that's all about, and then I'm ready for Persona Six. You'll probably get Persona Six in like three years, four years, a month. I, they've been working. I'll say this: they've been working on it since I worked at Game Rant in 2021, yeah. at the very least, because they were they they mentioned talking about working on it, um, in an, in some official capacity back then. So like, it's definitely in the pipeline. Um, but like, it, I mean someone suggested in the YouTube comments for, for my review, like, yeah, obviously we're getting persona three reload. And then they're like, and I bet we'll get persona four remake as well. 
And I was like, yeah, that's probably fair. Cause like, that's the one, like pe- people love persona five, obviously. But like, if you are not like a persona five diehard fan, you are like a persona four diehard fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you think they're going to do a remaster persona five, like solely for the PS five next gen systems? Are they going to pull a naughty dog on I mean, us? They did. I mean, they did do that, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they, and they sold it for $70 yeah, on, like, yeah, Naughty Dog with yeah, just a $10 upgrade. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there you go. Persona 5 Tactica. Uh, also, like, it's on Game Pass. So, like, if you're even the slightest bit interested and you have an Xbox and Game Pass, like, super easy to uh, recommend on that front. Um, but there you go. Also, the DLC, there's day one DLC for it called uh, Repaint Your Heart that focuses. So, oh, gosh. So, like, the Persona, like, oh, my gosh. The Persona 5 canon is so fucked where they do Persona 5, right? And it's great. And then they do Persona 5 Royal, and it's even better, and it, like, adds onto the story, like, a little bit. And then they do Persona 5 Strikers, the sequel to Persona 5, like, a story sequel to Persona 5. But it is the sequel to Persona 5, not Persona 5 Royal. Like, it does not mention any of those characters. They do not exist. The events that happen, that are, like, pretty big, important events that you'd think they would mention, simply are not, just don't come up ever. So, like... It's like the sequel to Persona 5, but not Persona 5 Royal. This game takes place after Persona 5, the base game, before Persona 5 Strikers. Does not mention Persona 5 Royal at all. Same deal with like Persona 5 Strikers. The DLC for this game exclusively focuses on the characters from Persona 5 Royal. Mm. <laughs> it's it's Kasumi, Akechi, mm. and Joker all mm. get sucked into a painting and mm. they're like fighting their way out insane why are they doing this well when you first said uh you were talking about like a like a painting game what's the name of the dlc the day one dlc repaint your heart. repaint your heart i thought it would be like a mario paint type of game when it's just like a like a painting simulator when you get to like paint it's actually kind of interesting it uses like a splatoon mechanic oh really like when you hit it yeah it changes up the the way that the game works where like if there's paint on the ground there's like your like paint for the enemy team and paint for your team. And basically like if you are hit, um, a bunch of paint splashes out of you. And there's also like paint barrels that you can shoot to like put paint on the ground. And like, if you're hit and you're like standing in enemy paint color, um, you get knocked down regardless of whether you're in cover or not. And then also you cannot attack while you're in that, um, paint color. So, that works for enemies as well. So like if you can figure out a way to like cover the ground that they're standing on in that paint and then hit them, regardless of if they're in cover or not, they're going to go down and you're going to get an extra turn. And then they also can't attack, which is kind of cool. Um, it seems like there's some like other intricacies to it. It just like adds another layer of stuff onto the combat, which is already pretty solid, but without derailing so much, do you think the combat could have used that variation in the main game without it being DLC? Um, let me, I want to try it. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to pay for it. Um, but like I watched some videos on it and I was, cause I made a video on it myself and I was like, Oh, this looks like really pretty cool. Um, so no, like, does it need it? No, not necessarily. Um, but like if that stuff was in there just as another level, I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Persona 5 Tactica, um, pretty solid game. Next game here is the Super Mario RPG remake scored and 83 on the Nintendo switch where it exclusively launched. Uh, people are seemingly loving this. Um, but it's another game that sort of brings in a question like what, <laughs> what is a remake? It is like pretty much a shot for shot, beat for beat mechanic for mechanic remake of super Mario RPG. So it's like, you know, they're calling this a remake, but like a lot of people are like, well, this feels kind of like a remaster just because it is basically just every single thing that was in the original one. Uh, what do you think of this, Justin? Any interest? 
Um, I think I think this is like one that I get a little bit more um, that they mm-hmm. would do this because it is we're talking about a Super Nintendo game at this point, right? Yeah. Like this is like something that not a lot of people have played, and I know it recently was released on the um, uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Online uh, pack. Counts, I believe, though. Yeah, yeah. So it I mean, like it does that, count because like, like people can still play it, but like yeah. Yeah, like, so to me, this is kind of, like, one of those that, like, I think is due or is, like, like benefited from having this because literally the graphical style is completely different. It's not just, like, we've yeah. made it the pixels sharper. It's a whole new graphical style. I mean, it looks, like, drastically different from each other. Um, and while it is pretty much the, you know, the same game, same story, same jokes and everything, some of the combat has been tweaked enough that they've modernized it in a way that's not just a copy and paste over with new graphics. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think I think this is one of those things that uh, is, if you missed out on it, uh, this is the perfect setup for, aren't they coming out with the uh, Thousand Year Door one next year? Oh, they are, yeah. Is that a so, remake or remaster? Like, I don't know. I think it is a, I don't know. What's yeah, the wait, difference, wait. Peter? <laughs> yes, exactly, um, yes. So, it, it's a way to get people back into the series, and maybe it'll be one of those situations where Mario RPG is one of those things that starts selling money. Hey, maybe we can make an actual sequel to this. So, worst thing that happens, new people get to play this game on a system that sold, you know, millions and millions of uh, units, or, um, you know, best case scenario, people are interested enough that they want to make another sequel to this series. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And, like, Mario is, like, hot shit right now, especially, I mean, he always is. But, like, hey, don't, especially don't, don't tell him the- that. Luigi might hear. He doesn't, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be like Mario. feeling left out. <laughs> Mario. 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 Dude, I was at an escape room like two weeks ago, yeah. and they were straight yeah. up playing the Luigi's Mansion music. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Do you think they even we knew? In, because it, I, they have to have known because it was like you're locked in a haunted mansion. Oh, okay. All right. And like literally, the first thing that happened is like they're like, "Good luck." Door closes, and it's like, "Do do 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 do." Dude, and I'm oh, like, that's pretty that, good. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was like, Mario. It's like when <laughs> I heard the, the near music in that immor- uh, yes, the exactly, part. Exactly. I was like, this doesn't feel like other people are sad, but right now I just can't get over this. You <laughs> I'm know? kind of laughing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, but like, like Mario is like so hot right now, like especially like coming off the back of that movie. He's like hot. I imagine that they are like just all Mario all the time. Go, go, go as much as we got. Um, so there you go. Yeah, but we're getting that remaster remake of uh, Thousand Year Door, and I am ready for it. Uh, Justin, you mentioned that you were playing Spider-Man 2. Did you get the platinum? Not yet. I, I, I got I to be honest, man. I did none of the side content, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, like, like, the fact that it's taken you so long to me is so surprising. I'm like, dude, it took me like... 25 minutes oh i know i mean there's like so much i had to do and i thought oh i'll just have to clear out the map no there's like the, all these like missions that i have to do and all these like big things that i'm doing um yeah. i i do i i i like let me see so i the the road to the platinum isn't bad i think mm. i really did enjoy playing the game under leveled a little bit because it was the right amount of difficult through yeah, the sure. end of it. Because right now I am breezing through every single combat encounter. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to use any strategy. I just use all my upgrades and just like boom, boom, boom. Which usually happens once you start leveling your stuff up. Um, but I really did enjoy the the combat difficulty when I just played through the actual game. And I thought it kind of worked well for me. Um, I did though, there was a couple of the Mysterio challenges that I was like playing around with the accessibility settings uh, to. Uh, there's a couple like sure. don't get hit at all. I'm like, fuck this. So like I go into the accessibility setting. 
settings. And there are some really like detailed, good accessibility settings in this game um, from your game speed to the button inputs to the, the stuff that you can automate uh, in the game. Like I think I we've talked about this, I think, at nauseum. I think uh, Sony really does a good job in their first party games of creating a nice suite of accessibility features so you can play the game in any way that you want um, for whoever wants to play the game in any way. And I don't think that takes away from the overall uh, the experience of playing the game. Um, it's not like I have an asterisk like, oh, you play that Mysterio challenge on a 0.75 speed? <laughs> You're not a real gamer. It doesn't matter. Like, that's the way I played the game because I would have been so frustrated at that trophy um, if it was something that, like, I had to just play full speed. And it just made the game more fun for me and something that I'm not upset about in any way. I think that speed one is so cool, man. Like, because it just helps people who have, like, a harder time with, like, reaction time. And I remember when it was included in Forza Horizon 5, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, it, like, got, like, me thinking and, like, there, there were, like, a lot of conversations going on about, like, this is what true, like, good accessibility looks like. But, like, considering, like, what is this game and what does it require ask of you and, like, what might someone have a difficult time with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and so then it got people talking about, like, this is why, like, should there be more accessibility settings that, like could help people with games like Elden Ring or Dark Souls or whatever. It, throw speed in there, man. Like yeah. that's a that would be, like that is a great setting for people, especially with any video game, but like that like to me that's like that's how you get around the conversation of like should Elden Ring have di a difficulty setting? Uh, I don't know, but like I think having accessibility options like that could help expand that sort of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, to me, to and you? like hell, you could go in the opposite direction, make it two times speed. Watch these people play this game yeah, like going like double come speed, on. like come on, like that'd be fun. Um, and that yes. makes the game more challenging, and people would have fun off of that. And it still doesn't ruin the core experience of the game. Um, and if there's anything that in the game you get too frustrated at, it's a way to make you enjoy the game more. And these, listen, everyone, what are these called? Games. They're games. They're, they're, they're supposed to be fun. They're for your enjoyment. So yeah. for all those masochists for, out except there. Except for Returnal, which is supposed to be miserable. Oh, I, I was going to talk about very good. I was going to talk about Mario Maker, which is also meant to be miserable <laughs> for fucking, like everyone. Yes. <laughs> those guys are ones insane. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I mean, good luck on that. That platinum. I platinumed it in 24 hours. I realized. I, oh, okay. My PlayStation. You know how like you can tell like you get see the time in the bottom right corner yeah. of like the home screen. 24 hours is how long it took me to, to a whole day of your life. All that stuff up. One whole one whole Spider Man day. Wow. Which <laughs> Spider Man. Um, I've had a lot of Spider Man days. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, as good ass good ass game, Justin. Uh, I dipped into Cyberpunk 2077. Oh? I started up a new save file. I played maybe 10 hours of it uh, just to see. Because I, I was like, well, the Phantom Liberty stuff like is interesting to me. But like, I'm not going to buy that uh, unless I play through this a little bit. Because I'm not going to use my save from back in the day. Because first of all, all my skills have been reset. Because that happened at a certain point with like the 2.0 update. Or the, the Xbox Series X update. Uh, and then... Um, I was like, I'm just going to start from the beginning here to just even see if, if how much I like this game. And it's it's the same game. I mean, like, like, I don't know. Have you played it since you played it the first time? No. Well, I played it like not with the the most recent. Like there was an update I played after just to like was see it like if, the PlayStation five. Yeah, update? It was something like that. And I played it and I was like, yeah. this is the same. I feel I, I guess it runs better. I can't I can't tell the difference at that point. Like, um, I again, I really enjoyed that game to begin with. So I think yeah. just like not noticing things, I guess, is a good thing. 
I'll say the first thing that happened to me, soft lock. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> irony. Kidding. The irony. And it happened to me. Like It was the first thing that happened, and it was also the first thing that happened in, um, I talked about this, I, I started up uh, Lords of the Fallen. Uh, Wait, is that, is that Lords, Lords of the, the Fallen? Fallen? Okay, yeah, yeah. That it. is yep. correct, yes. Yep. Lords of the Fallen, yep. thank you. Um, same thing, it, it was a different thing. I got soft locked in the opening sequence um, where I, mm. I chose to be the uh, the outrider or whatever they're called, the, the people who live uh, nomads. And um, basically the sequence ends with you getting in a car and the sheriff of this tiny little town walks over and like talks to you. And then you're supposed to drive out of the garage. But I just couldn't. Mm. We just were all standing there looking at each other. And it it did not allow me. It didn't auto save when I made my character. So I just go back and remake my character fully again. When you were locked in that garage, did it feel a little bit like you're playing Resident Evil 7? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like... Looking, every, <laughs> I, w- I thought I was like missing something because everyone's just looking at you. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. like the car's humming, everyone's just sort of like standing there, arms folded and whatever. Um, so I, I've played, like I said, like 10 hours of it. Um, I think I'm probably done with it. <laughs> that combat still doesn't feel very good. No, even, like even like, like when you don't update it all the way. Because I remember like near the end of that game is when I thought that combat really started to sing for me a little bit. You felt the maneuverability, the customizable nature of it. Um, the weapons were interesting maybe, enough. Yeah, maybe I need more time. Maybe yeah, I need more time. Ten hours ain't enough time to know you like well, a game. But, you know what I mean? Like, like that's yeah, the yeah. thing. I mean, the writing is still all right. I hate the like the scene to scene writing. I hate fucking the way that they like abbreviate things. Like they never start a sentence with the word I. They'll just be like, need to leave the city. Yeah. Or like, or they never say like you either. It'll be like, didn't tell me, you know? And, and I'm just like, it's just like how do you do fellow kids that i can't stand (laughs) um or maybe it's like a translation thing like i don't know like like there's a lot of i know like when i took japanese there's like a lot of contextual information that you just straight up don't need to say uh in japanese like you never really need to if everyone understands that you're talking about yourself you never need to say i you know so maybe that's how it is in poland or wherever cd project red is based like in polish but like i don't know i it's all right. is what I'm trying to say. And there's just like a, a level of jank to it that is still there. Um, that is still hilarious. Um, but I don't know with, with your, just to get like, get your mind on this. When you were thinking yeah. about that game, what, where would you like rate it on like a, a number scale in terms of your enjoyment? Or you could also compare it to something else that you would say it's similar to or like it more, but, um, to me, it feels like, a Bethesda RPG that we didn't get. <laughs> I liked yeah. it more than Starfield. Like, yeah. so, like we were talking about this in, in our, our group chat with the button bashing one-on-one guys, RIP, N- not them, the, the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alex moved. All right. <laughs> uh, but oh, uh, did he move uh, to a place without the internet? Is he in Alaska right now? They have an internet there. Um, um, yeah. And the, he is Justin. Thank you very much. Oh, he okay. is in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, no, he's in somewhere without internet. Um, He's on the moon. It's like the ending of Cyberpunk. Anyway, mm. uh, or the ending I got. Wait, does, wait, does <laughs> um, he not have the internet? No, he does. Oh, my God. I felt I, so I bad for a second. I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Alex, no, no. if you have uh, the internet, um, let us know via text or email message. Or email. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't have the internet, just start put up smoke signals. We'll follow it. We'll find it. We'll see it. Yeah, we're trying to do um, smoke signals for this podcast. Yeah. We're trying to translate it into the podcast. Yeah, we'll get it, um, But no... Like, uh, I liked it way more than Starfield, which I, I would say I probably liked less than, like, Horizon Forbidden West. Yes! Which I think you're saying something. Yes! Um, I found your limit! I, I, like, I, like, I didn't like that game at all, right? Uh, uh, Starfield. Oh, and, or Horizon, uh, but I guess. But. Horizon, not really. But, like, I, I still played it. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Starfield, I was like, fuck this. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but like it, it's like one of those like I, I like it more than the bethesda stuff which is a little disappointing the, the most recent bethesda thing i mean which is disappointing because like i thought i would like it a lot um i don't know i probably give like a six or a seven mm, okay because i um to me i would give that yeah. game a nine to me like you give I, it a nine wow okay yeah, i really did enjoy it and i think like when it first came out i didn't feel the issues with that game as much as other people did and i was privileged mm. for that so because of that i really liked the game i enjoyed the story i enjoyed the choices i made the role playing the combat all that kind of yeah. stuff and i'm really like i want to play the phantom liberty stuff but also like i'm not a dlc boy yeah apparently it's really good but also the problem is it means you have to like play either, it again yeah you gotta like play from the beginning again and i have because, like, so much saved. shit to yeah. play right now so much yeah, I was hoping that it would be better, um, like, th that it would be, like, not fixed is the wrong word. I just thought that the way people talk about it, that it would be, like, significantly different uh, and feel significantly different, and it doesn't really. The leveling is way improved. Um, I, I really prefer the way that it handles things in that regard. Um, and because I've, I've done some work on it recently, like, for work, like, there were some things that I was like, oh, I didn't know, like, when I played this for the first time, like, I didn't know I could do this, let's say. And, like uh now i do so i'm gonna <laughs> try and do that so i guess i mean like um using some of like the cyber deck stuff so like you know lighting people on fire with my brain and stuff like that like in, in the first game i was just like i'm just gonna shoot people whereas in this one i'm like i'm gonna try doing this oh, i mean whatever, that might but... make that might make sense then why what like you didn't like it quite as much the combat because again i don't think that to me the gunplay itself is fine but like the gunplay is not like call of duty level of tight but I guess that's the thing, though. It's like it's it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's not uh, it's not anything that I'm like super jazzed about. Wait. And the story itself is fine. Um, did you know Keanu Reeves is in that game? I did. Yeah. I got to him, and then that's about where I am. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, I played a little bit more than that, but it's a good game. I, I, I met with I met with the guy, the bodyguard in a restaurant, and we were just talking. And I was like, "What am I doing?" Kevin Kevin <laughs> Kevin Costner himself was in a restaurant. Is it what? Is he a bodyguard? It's, it's the movie The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Hitman's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, who'd win in a fight? <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Kevin Costner, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I'm going to throw Tom Cruise in there just for a wild card. Uh, Tom Cruise is going to win. Well, he's not. Tom, he, Cruise, Tom, Cru Tom Cruise's movies are documentaries that he makes about himself. No, Tom Cruise isn't quite like one of the winners. He is like just thrown in there to be like the the agitator. Oh, just to do some damage. Yeah, got yeah, it, yeah. He's it, like a special it. in um, Smash Bros. Yeah. Um, who who is the first one? You said Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, and, and Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu Reeves for sure. But he's too nice. You see, you see him do the training for John Wick. Well, yeah, but like he's like he's not going to actually kill people. If it comes down to it, he will. By the way, the big inciting incident in Cyberpunk 2077 takes place in 2023, August 20th, 2023. And I was like, wow, I remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in August of 2023? <laughs> uh, getting ready to move, I think. Oh, that's, um, I was probably crying and complaining about how busy I am, which is what day was that? pretty much every August day. <laughs> for me at that, least that was uh august 20th that was a sunday so probably was not up to a whole lot anyway you said august tw what wait what specific day again august 20th 2023 all right i'm just so gonna like i'm gonna do one of my ago. favorite thing here go to google photos august yeah okay, okay. That, like i could all do right. that august 20th 2023 i was um oh i got floor plans of of the house i'm living in now archie is pooping and sleeping so that's my day um i had a i had a band practice for um uh for my band that day cool 
You want if you want to see the layout for my house, I'm putting it up on the camera. This is the these are the floor plans for it. You can make that in uh, Minecraft. Oh man, then I can make it now that you have like exact I could, floor plans. I could actually build a house with straight walls. Then it'd be amazing. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, just in the other game I've been playing this week, uh, which by the way I don't think I'm, I'm I think I'm done with Cyberpunk at this point. Forever. Um, I, maybe. I mean, no. well, I mean, we're past August um, 2023, so maybe we're gonna avoid that future. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. <laughs> Um, but I picked up Baldur's Gate 3 because I was like, you know what? It's time. I was like, we're, it's like mid to late November. If we're going to talk about this game for game of the year stuff, if we're going to talk, if I'm going to the game awards and like, I'm going to have to talk to people about this Baldur's Gate 3, I got to try it. I started up a save of my own and then me and Elena are playing through it, it together as well on a save that she's like making all the choices for, but I'm like helming the controls and everything. It's a pretty fucking good game, Justin, oh. believe it or not. <laughs> All right, a lot of questions for you. Yes, you are AMA, Justin. You are playing this on blank. Uh, the PlayStation 5. Okay. That is why, the only, why did, it's, it's, it's only on PS5 and PC right now. Um, and the reason I ask is because that was my plan, but I heard people say that the controls are so much better on mouse and keyboard than they are on a PlayStation controller. Is that true? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Um, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Uh, it's the sort of thing that, like, you just take some getting used to. Uh, it's also rough, especially coming off of um, Persona 5 Tactica, which is also a turn-based uh, tactics game. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm all You're back to real-time movement. You're back to real-time movement. It's rough. Um, but it's not. But it's, like, it, it's turn-based in, in uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. The combat is turn-based. Um, but it's not, it's like not the same control scheme at all. Um, so, so there is a little bit of getting used to there. Um, yeah, the control, the control scheme isn't great, but like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Um, I, uh, right. I'll say this. Oh, you, you have more questions. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. You, you go, you'll give an overview before I tapped. I, cause I have a ton, but I want you to go first. Um, so it, it's, it's quite good. The thing that I like the most about it though, is it's storytelling and the choices that you make and the conversations that you have. The thing I don't like about it, it's not that I don't like about it, but it's the thing that I don't, I'm not here for is the combat. The combat mm -hmm. is all right. I and was playing that, with Elena. Yeah, what's up? Is that like the D&D &D aspect of it or just the nature of what you're doing in combat? Um, I think it's the D&D &D aspect of it where like, because I have to be in charge of like five, four characters at once. Like I am not thinking of the most optimal play to make. For whereas like when you I don't know if you've ever played D and D before like yeah in your life. yeah 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 oh yeah like when it's your turn in combat you are like thinking specifically about like what am I gonna do when it's my turn in ten minutes you know what I mean as like you all go <laughs> in a circle and you all like figure out what you're gonna do you are thinking like the one thing you're gonna do whereas in this game you have to think about that for four different characters all the time all simultaneously yeah yeah yes and the things that you can do in this game like the actions you can take. It's pretty open-ended, man. Like, there are a lot of different things you can do. You can push people. Like, like you can do your basic attacks and, like, like, your spells and whatever, but then you can, like, push someone. Or you can dip your weapon in something that's on the floor. So if there's, like, oil on the floor, you can dip it in oil and, like, light it on fire and shit. You can throw items. You can make improvised melee, melee weapons. You can hide. Like, there's, like, so many different things that you can do that it becomes, to me, just a little overwhelming. And when I'm playing with Elena... She is not there for the combat. She is there to talk to um, hot vampire men through me. It's a weird surrogate situation. 
Um, make him say yeah, this. Make him say this. Yes, yes, exactly. yes, yes. That's what it is. She's like, she's like, tell him this. Tell him. Ooh, ask about his. Ask about his family. Like, <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy that she's into it. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's like that's not what we're there for, and we were spending a lot of time with it, and I was like fucking up a bunch. Um, and I realized like this is not why either of us are here. I'm just gonna crank that difficulty down to story. And like you still have to think about like what you're gonna do, but for the most part, like I, I'm not like getting killed a bunch and like having to like play like pick up from like from the back, you know what I mean? And like it's great. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna switch that to my save as well, is to just play it on on um uh, uh like the story mode difficulty, just because like I don't wanna it's not that I don't want to engage with those mechanics because they are good, but it's just like I'm not there for that combat. Does that make sense? Um, so if if I'm getting this correct, we cannot put Spider-Man 2 or Baldur's Gate on our game of the year list this year because we have not played it we at didn't the beat combat. It we're yeah, babies. we did, yeah, we're using yeah. we're using uh accessibility in order to enjoy our games. Okay, that's fine. I get correct. it. Correct. Yeah. No, so so we're not real gamers. Um it's all over. Um Well, I mean, I think I think to me like that that seems fine because when you're playing like a D&D game, a campaign, like you don't want to like die constantly. Like that's not fun. The, like that's not me, why you play D and Yes, the least interesting part to me of D and D is the combat. I just yeah. don't care. Like it's about the storytelling and it's about like the choices that you make and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, like like get me through the combat without having to think about it, and then we're good. You know. Um, all right. So I we're, we've been talking about this for like, like ten minutes now at this point. But can you yeah. give me the selling point on why this game is something that is in a contender for the game of the year? It is so open ended in what you can do. I mean, it's pretty linear at the beginning, but like in the way you're going to tackle situations in what you're going to do in how you're going to behave in how you're going to treat other people. It is so open-ended and the game, and it doesn't feel like a, um, it doesn't feel like uh what's the studio that makes like dark pictures, like a super massive or super giant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, it doesn't feel like those games where you can sort of like really see where they have like stapled scenes together. And sometimes within the scene, it like, Characters like don't characters behave really weird because like the game doesn't know how to re how to react to your choices. You know what I mean? If it's not exactly kind of the way that it wants you to make them. This game is the opposite of that. It is feels so lifelike and so seamless that it is truly, truly impressive. Uh, on top of that, it's entirely it's fully voiced. Every every conversation you have with anyone fully voiced. The performances are all great. Um I, I maybe haven't played enough of it to know why it is a 10 out of 10, but if it just continues to be that and continues to be that impressive and that um, fluid, then like I'm, I'm here for it. Do you think this has a shot to be in your top five games of 2023? I don't know. I, I really don't. I have to, I have to play more of it first of all. And then second of all, I have to reevaluate what is going to be in there because like, damn y'all, like I think this is the last game that's going to, that like I'm really thinking about for, game of the year stuff. Um, but if it is as good as people say, and if it continues to just get better and better from here in terms of like how, where it goes and whatever, then yeah, I bet, I bet so. Yeah. Like I, I don't mean like, like, like versus everything else. I mean, just in general, could you see this as being a top five Peter game? For sure. Um, I want to see where it goes and, and see if it is just an illusion of those choice, that choice and whatever. But for the most part, from what I've heard from everyone else, it is probably just not. It's probably like that good. 
Yeah, there are, there are four games I have to play left. And knowing that it's like the end of November, this gives me a lot of anxiety. I got to play Baldur's Gate. I got to play Alan Wake 2. I got to play Dead Space. And I got to play Resident Evil 4. Those are my four games to finish. Um, that is four days. I can take off four days of work and play all those games. I get five personal uh, days a year. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Like Alan um, Wake, I can beat in 24 hours, right? Yeah, you can do that. Like that Resident so Evil, between, I can beat in 24 hours, right? Yes. So between like, like uh, uh, Dead Space is probably going to be the shortest. Then it's going to be Resident Evil. and Or maybe it's going to be Resident Evil, then Dead Space, then Alan Wake, and then Baldur's Gate. Like, mm. I would say, knowing you, give Dead Space a shot. Give Resident Evil a shot. Play him for like five hours, right? And then give Alan Wake a shot. I think it's worth playing through and I think you'll like it, but like give that a shot. Like, does that make sense? Like, like yeah, those yeah, first yeah. two ones though, I don't know like if you need to finish for you to get what they're about and get yeah, yeah, what yeah. they're like. Yeah. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate three. You were going to say dead space remake. Great game. Great. And it is. Baldur's Gate three. Very, very good. I'm, I'm, Really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying playing it with Elena. Um, she was very, very excited for the character customization stuff. Um, let me just say, after playing Cyberpunk and making a character in that game, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 puts the hairstyles of every other video game to shame. Oh. To absolute fucking shame. Every single hairstyle looks awesome. Uh, there's like a thousand of them, and like they're all great. They're all very good. Whenever I make video game characters, I'm always like, okay, what hairstyle is going to look decent and not make me look like a douchebag? Yeah. And usually those, usually those like are not always, yeah, if usually that. it's like, okay, well, there's the one. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the hairstyles for men and women are just fantastic. So there you go. Um, just last question. Can I make a character yes. that looks and acts like my dog? Um, no, you can't. Like a, with a pale, the- white, anxious person in a diaper. Uh, you definitely can do that. Oh, done. Uh, to make them look like a dog, probably not. But, but like, like a pale white with like just like beady eyes. Oh, absolutely. Done. Oh, the eyes in this game are fantastic. Dude, this <laughs> game is good. This game is like the character creator is really, really good. Um, and also like it's not, uh, it doesn't even do the thing where like choose the nose you want. Choose the eyes you want. It <coughs> has like six faces. Basically like you pick the race that you are, you know, like uh, I'm a wood elf, let's say um but what's cool because you can pick you pick your race and then there are sub races within that so like there's like three different options for um like the demon people or i'm forgetting what they're called uh uh the dad the uh absolutely right uh but so like i picked a high elf and then there you can be a high elf or you can be a wood elf and i was like i'm gonna be a wood elf could you, you be, know what i mean like, you, like you, there's you, a lot of stuff can you be a drunk elf is this a reference to something? Probably. Like, I mean, that elf is high. That elf is drunk. That elf makes cookies. You know that kind of thing. I see what you. I yeah, see what you're saying. Yeah. I think the high elf and the cookie elf are probably, and, and the Keebler elf yeah, they're best, are probably friends. best friends over there. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so Baldur's Gate three, very very good. Um, I am excited to play more and talk to you about it. Um, in the as I as I get deeper in. Hell yeah. Uh, Justin, let's talk about the news. Let's go. All right. First things first. Last of Us Part Two colon uh, Last of Us Part colon Two colon Remastered. Too many colons uh, in that game. Way too many. Way too many. Um, 
It has been officially announced as of, what was that, like Friday night, November 17th? Yep, that was Friday night. Um, basically, it leaked through like the PlayStation back end, I think, or like the PlayStation network back end, um, like the full listing for it leaked. And uh, that night, they just released a trailer. And they, so it's coming January 19th, and um, they released all the details for it. Uh, this is to me the sort of thing where it was just like we need to sort of get in front of this. If you're if you're PlayStation, you get like we need to get in front of this. People have questions. People are already kind of like irritated, being like assuming that this is going to be seventy dollars. Um, turns out it is not. This is a um, ten dollar upgrade if you have the PlayStation Four version of The Last of Us Part Two. Um, it supposedly improves the graphical fidelity. Um, I've looked I there were jokes that were made when they did The Last of Us Part One versus Last of Us Remastered. Everyone was sharing that meme from the office where it's like corporate wants you to see the difference between these pictures. And it's the girl and she's like, they're the same picture. Jokes were made, but I'll tell you what, that game looks different than the Last of Us Remastered. Go back, play The Last of Us Remastered, play Last of Us Part One. It is a significant difference. Um these are the same pictures, guys. Yeah. <laughs> For Last yeah. of Us Part Two Remaster, um, which is even like an interesting uh, uh, thing to call it, because like remastered for what? In what way? This feels like the director's cut that they've been making. You know what I mean? Remastered to me means that there was some like that it needed to come to 4K, or that there was some like graphical fidelity updates or something like that. And it's just like it's really not. Um, it, it looks pretty similar. Uh, the big thing here, I think, is that there are a handful of additional. Um, there are a handful of, sorry, additional uh, like game modes. There's like a roguelike uh, combat encounter uh, uh, game mode. There is a free play on the guitars game mode. And then there is like a director's commentary. Um, and then there are also some like lost levels that you can get, which are like, um, what's the word for it? It's like levels that they were working on and then ultimately scrapped that didn't make it into the game. But Justin, what do you think of all this? Um, I'm trying to look at the difference here of, of the, of the two just kind of up next to each other. If anything, it seems to me that the, the, um, frames look a little bit better on uh, this one. It looks a little bit smoother of the gameplay. Oh yes. Yes. Compared they did to the say two. That. Um, that said, and I, I played it, I did play it in, um, last year or maybe this year, last year after part one came out, I played it, replayed last of us part two and it did have a, a frame rate update for the PlayStation five. Okay, so, like, on top of that, maybe they're just adding that and, like, whatever for it. Um, I don't know. Like, do I need this? Am I going to play this? I don't... I probably. I mean, because I'm a, you know, I'm a broken human being and I love this game and I love to be sad. Um, but, I mean, I think they give you enough in here to make it worth it. And I think that the scary part for me would be, like, when they came out with The Last of Us Part 1 and that was just fucking like the game with like a uh, improved i guess sort of combat system without much extra to it that didn't really feel like you were getting something more with it it is improved visuals and that's it for i mean like what? like for last of us part 1 did they change uh, some it, of the combat stuff so it would like mirror the like what last of us part 2 did with some of its combat like they they had the systems in there um but it's not like that different like they didn't add like prone like they have yeah, in, the, yeah, in yeah. this game like uh 
it, it is it is pretty much like you're not going to notice it that differently. If that right, makes exactly. Sense. Like that's what I mean. Like you don't notice like that kind of stuff. Like it, it is for all intents and purposes the same game. This one they are giving you enough trinkets and toys and additions to it that even if one of those things was added to it, I think that makes it a little bit more worth it for me. Um, so I don't know. I think cool. And you know, the, the price aspect of this also is something that I think is appealing to me and makes me not feel bad about wanting this. That's the thing. I think the fact that it is a $10 upgrade for anyone who already owns the game, that to me means I'm much more likely to get this and try it out. Yep. You know, um, if this was $70 for everyone, I would actually, I would be pretty irritated. I think it does add a significant amount with, with what's in there. But like, I think that people would be justifiably upset if this was, uh, $70 as opposed to, um, as opposed to, to, uh, uh, just this $10 upgrade. Um, that said, like, I don't know. <sighs> I want, um, this game makes me feel a little uncomfortable uh, learning a little bit more about its production and design and also while also learning about like uh, the sort of Israel-Palestine conflict. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That, that like the way Neil Druckmann, uh, the director and writer of this game, uh, based a lot of it around and a lot of it is an allegory for Israel-Palestine and he is a very... Uh, and he's Israeli. He's a very pro-Israel person. Uh, and just like with the way that <laughs> that has sort of been front and center in the news lately, this feels like maybe it's coming at a bad time. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think it, I, I think part of it is is obviously the timing of a world conflict. And I think that adds context. Yes. I mean, freaking Nintendo released uh, Advanced yeah, Wars they, 1 and 2 reboot later because of this kind of stuff. Um I also think that this is something that there are probably other factors in play with this about getting the hype cycle for Last of Us Part Two up at the same time um, for the HBO series when for that show, comes out. Like I'm sure, I'm sure, yes. like there's a lot more moving parts in this, um, but that doesn't excuse it. Like the, the reason, like you know, this might be something that would be worth pausing on and everything. But I, I mean, not, can you? Like a- can you, you go up? more? Can you go more into what the the comparisons are between the Israeli-Palestinian conflict with this? Absolutely. So basically, like the entire premise is based on um, how Neil Druckmann felt after an Israeli. I don't. Uh, okay. Okay. Let me also just say this is my memory of things that he has said. So I am not going to nail this one hundred percent. I also do not have a very very. I don't have a good grasp on like a lot of the historical conf- context surrounding Israel v. Palestine. So let me just say that. Um, so basically like Neil Druckmann says that he based it on how he felt after an Israeli person, I may be a soldier or someone was kidnapped uh, by Palestine and killed. And so he, he talks about his feelings of wanting to get revenge as, um, being a big basis for, um, how Ellie feels in this game. That on its on its face value, I, I think is innocuous enough. I mean, like I, I think it's maybe weird um, and a little uncomfortable, but like in general, like I don't think that that is where the uncomfortable part of this really lies. But it's in the way that the conflict in the game is actually handled. So you have the WLF, who um, is while they are portrayed as the bad guys during Ellie's story, they are portrayed as complicated and um, well funded and uh, pretty good in. Abby's story for the most part. Uh, 
they are fighting a group of religious zealots from the perspective of the WLF, a group of religious zealots who um, live behind these giant walls that they use to climb on and jump around. And they're like all um, like murderous and super backwards. And like, this is all coming from the perspective of like the WLF is a stand in for like the IDF, the Israeli defense force, I think. And the um, wolves or the scars, the Seraphites are a stand in for Palestine. And it's just, it's very, it's written from a, from that perspective. Does that make sense? I'm doing a bad job, I think, explaining this. But there's a great article, I think, on Inverse about this from when the game came out. But let me see. Does it make sense? Like, does yeah, that sort yeah. of allegory so, and comparison make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I think, and this is where it gets complicated, because I, I think people always live in these, like, absolutes about what is true and what is not true. Like, it's either A or B. There's no nothing in between. Um, for example... Um, I personally believe, and this is going a little bit into like politics and conflicts here and stuff like that, um, the attack on Israel by Hamas was a terror attack and a horrible thing. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. I also nope. feel uh, Israel invading Gaza and doing what they're doing in Gaza and creating more violence is not the right it's thing. It's also quite bad. It's also Go- very fucking bad. Go figure. Violence v. Violence is always going to be bad. Like, violence is the thing to avoid. Um, And I can understand where that comes from, specifically knowing Neil Druckmann and his background, which I'm pretty sure his life experience is probably reflected in this game in some way or another, right? Yes. And and he's spoken. this This also isn't conjecture, right? This isn't conjecture. He's spoken specifically about this being influences and inspiration, whatever. Go on. But I don't feel like I play The Last of Us Part Two and think that violence is the answer. Uh, no, no. But I do think that like the way that um, the allegorical elements of The Last of Us Part Two, specifically Israel v. Palestine, um, I do not think it is handled tastefully and is handled in a way that I think support uh, gives a lot of nuance to that conflict in the allegory that they are going for. Does that make sense? I think that knowing this is like an Israeli sided story, knowing where Neil Druckmann come is coming from. I think that is a very fair thing to think about when thinking about this game. Yes. And, and like, that's the thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is like this game coming out right now makes me feel weird. And, and I have in me, (laughs) a video or maybe an article where I'm going to dissect a lot of this and talk about it. Cause I think it's worth talking about. I think it's important to talk about. Right. And, um, something that we are champions of here, obviously is like when art has a point and a meaning, right. And being able to talk about the meaning of art and being able to talk about the history surrounding art and how, how a person's experience molds the thing they create. Right. And so as we're talking about here, Neil Druckmann is an Israeli man who I think lived in Israel for a while, like it makes sense why he would have this view on this stuff. That said, it also as an outsider and as someone who is seeing what's going on, makes sense why we feel uncomfortable about that. So what I'm trying to say is I'm going to be interested to maybe dissect this a little bit more now that I have a better understanding of the Israel v. Palestine stuff. Um, But I think it also just is one of those things where 
it's unfortunate timing for this game specifically with those elements. Um, and also my previous critiques of the last of us part two and anything that naughty dog is going to do after it, given what its stance on violence is, uh, remains true. It's a game about the destructive cycle of violence and they're introducing a rogue light <laughs> violence mode. <laughs> I guess maybe that's a metaphor for it being cyclical, but like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Well, I, I, to me, that's like one of those things that separate conversation. That's, right? yeah. that's when gameplay supersedes storytelling, because I do think the gameplay in last of us is like, is fun as fuck. Is really good gameplay, right? But, but that's the but that's it, the point. It, yeah, yeah, it goes against the narrative to to a certain degree. Um, but you know what? If uh, I want to play a game and be happy, I'm not playing The Last of Us. No, if I'm trying to have some, <laughs> have, a, have an enjoyable, relaxing evening. I'm not going to touch this not, game. Not, not, but not going near that. <laughs> as as we mentioned, though, the fact that this is ten dollars does kind of like make me raise an eyebrow. Like, well, well, I know I did just fucking play this. I just platinum this game. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe give this a shot. Maybe try it on a harder difficulty. Oh no, I did. I think I did when I played it. Um, but yeah, there you go. Last of Us Remastered coming. I don't know if we said this. Uh, January nineteenth, twenty twenty four. So that's uh, just right around the corner here. Uh, next thing here, Justin, is that according to Jeff Grubb, the Knights of the Old Republic remake that we saw in the what twenty twenty one PlayStation Showcase. Um, is currently not being worked on in any way by any studio right now. Uh, he said this on Game Mess Morning. I also listened to him talk about it on the Game Mess Morning that came out, I think, today. Um, it's kind of interesting that it came like this would be dropped, but he talked about how, like, Lucasfilm or, like, LucasArts is not really interested in making their own games right now. They have to find a studio that is willing to back it and just, like, completely fund the whole thing uh, and that the game was having issues and who was working on it? Asper, Asper Media, I think is the name of the studio, um, was having issues and the funding wasn't there. And so it was just like, well, we're getting, getting this dropped. Um, so probably not ever happening. But you know who I think would be a very, very good studio to come pick this up and give them just a bunch of money? Housemark? No. Uh, Bioware? No. Um, <laughs> if I'm Xbox, if I'm Xbox and I'm like, oh, I could scoop up this playstation exclusive that was supposed to be exclusive that people are gonna lose their shit over yeah here's some money asper oh i, I don't know what the oh, state yeah, of the yeah, game yeah, is yeah. but um yeah not surprised by this i mean i i from what i was like been hearing and all the delisting of music and stuff like that this does not seem like this is in a place where it's going to be good um i i, st- no. I still stand on the idea that i think this game is prime for a final fantasy 7 remake type of treatment um, yes, agreed. Like, I, I mean, you could do so much with this combat system. I think the one thing that, uh, well, no, no, I, th- I, th- I literally think it would be something that would be interesting and great. Um, I just don't think your main character is that kind of like interesting character because it's your avatar that you get in Final Fantasy. I think one of the things that makes Final Fantasy VII so great for me is that the remake makes Cloud such a more engaging and dynamic character. And I don't know if you know any mm-hmm. of the plot shit with, with KOTOR, um, but like... I mean, your character is kind of an important character. Like, it's not like okay. your character is no one. Like, you're, you're, sure. you're, it is a real character. So, um, I don't know. I think that uh, I would love to see this game happen. I just don't, I am not holding my breath. No, and it seems like, it seems like Jeff Grubb is saying, like, <laughs> this game probably will never come out. Um, which is a shame. I mean, I've never played the 
Knights of the Old Republic games, uh, I imagine they would be maybe difficult to play now. Just old games are old and all that. Um, but good Bioware but games are good. Also true. Also true. I mean, I think that, you know, I played the remake remaster version of of um, Mass, Effect. Mass Effect one. Yeah. And uh, like that was yes, it was a remake ish. But like for the most part, most of those systems were all the same. So like maybe KOTOR still holds up. Um, but there you go. Sorry, KOTOR. I hope you are resting easy. But there you go. On the dog <laughs> um, side. Uh, Returnal. Housemark. You remember Housemark? You remember Returnal? Probably. If I am looking, if I'm remembering correctly, did, was that Game of the Year 2021? Did we give that to that or no? Uh, I don't know if we did. No, I don't think we did because you hadn't played it. No, at that I hadn't point. played it at that point. But I think it would have been definitely uh, probably up there with that because you liked it a lot. I forget where it was on your list. We could find some way to look at this. Um, we definitely can. But yeah. uh, but it was one of those games that I don't think it would have been my favorite game of that year, but it was one that I surprisingly enjoyed the heck out of. It was my number one. I'm yeah. looking here. Yeah. So it, and it was our number seven um, because you had not played it. Yeah. And I think we just did our, our math at that time and it kind of came up to that. But um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But so uh, House Mark game director, Returnal director, really, uh, Harry Kruger, Krager, um, is retiring after 14 years of being at the studio. Uh, he taught, he says that he's not moving on to, to anything else that he is, um, just simply retiring. It's Pete Hines is also doing that. He, um, Pete Hines shared a photo of, of his retirement. looks pretty fucking good. Um, so I hope that this guy is able to, uh, enjoy his retirement. He, he worked at Housemark for 14 years, uh, and, and he directed Returnal and now he's, uh, he's out. So I wonder what they're working on now. What do you think? You think it's another roguelike? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be like similar in the vein of a Returnal, um, can it be a Returnal sequel? I don't know, but I think a gameplay style like that with similar characters in a similar world, I think could be pretty good. I would play Returnal 2 if it was an anthology thing, mm -hmm. completely unrelated, but just similar themes. Mm -hmm. Sim you know what I mean? Like very just similar, uh, all sorts of similar stuff there. Um, um, all right, let's keep, you want to rewrite history real quick? Uh, sure. So you had Returnal as your number one. My number one was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, yes. My number two was Chicory. My number three was Halo Infinite. My number four was Metroid Dread. My number five was Deathloop. Returnal would be my number six game. Yeah, you would put that there? That would be my number six game of the year. Um, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more overall than Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, so it would be my number six. Meaning, um, if we did the math, I forget exactly how we did the math, it still would not have beaten... Um, met, mm. I don't think we did math at this point because I think we did the math the first the time first and, year. Then, and then we're like it's just not a fun way I think we just talked about it yeah so Hitbox's top 10 <laughs> I feel like I, I, I pulled one over on you <laughs> uh, it was Metroid Gen was number one um, Halo Infinite was number two that's not right is uh, it? That is right. It is we, right. We wanted you wanted to give it number one, and I was like, "Dog, the second half of that game." Tanks. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that Halo Infinite was number seven, though, on on my list here. I'm surprised uh, it wasn't higher. Yeah. Oh, you would have put Halo Infinite higher at the time. Uh, I'm thinking about like just looking at this, probably, but also no. Scarlet. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you're, you're you, but like, I could maybe like, I don't think you like. It wouldn't have been higher than Dread. 
Metroid Dread? No, yeah, not that year. Yeah. It's not higher than Near Replicant, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it, looking at this list, though, I would have had a hard time making it above Metroid Dread at this point as our collective game of the year list. Oh, Returnal? Yeah. Yeah, which was our number one. Yeah, and it ended up as number four in our collective yes, list. It did. So I, it probably could have snuck up to number two. I would say Returnal was better than Deathloop. I don't agree would with that. Would you agree? I don't. Oh, you don't agree? No, interesting, no. That, yeah, it, it would be it would be kind of close with each other, but I think Deathloop had just a little bit more of that narrative, open-ended gameplay that I liked just ever so slightly. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but and hey, the Returnal hey, narrative is really good. I really liked the way that they handled their narrative, which is like it, like so vague and so so weird. Uh, I think one thing that we can still agree on is that uh, Returnal was a fucking good game. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was. Um, were you joking about this before we started recording? About like, you know, he's leaving the studio, and what if he just wakes up tomorrow? And <laughs> yeah, he does again? it again. <laughs> he starts from day yeah. one of making Returnal, but he remembers doing it, and he's like, "Oh shit, what am I gonna do?" <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Make a good game, just like you, completely refine it over you, and over and over. If you again. think of the best thing you ever did, do you think if you woke up like ten years earlier, could you do it the same way again? Like the best thing I ever did. Like, yeah. what would that even be? Like, that's a, that's a rough thing for me. Like, like, like this podcast right now. Right? Could we do it better uh, if we knew what we said and we had to record it? If we it knew again? exactly what we said, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, I'll tell you what. I would have fucking prepared some things to talk about with that fucking IDF. <laughs> I would have had some examples of what I was talking about for that Neil Druckmann stuff. Oh no, you did great. I thought you really did a good oh, job of you. like like summing that up. I tried to be succinct, but I also, like I said, I like going off of my memory. Um, anyway. Wonder Woman, <laughs> WB Games is working on. Um, speaking of IDF, weird. Um, and uh, <laughs> fucking what's her name? Uh, shit. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man, oh, transition. Please save me from talking about this. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Uh, that is a game being worked on by what is the name of that studio that made Shadow of Mordor? Um, Come on now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't um, have this. You know, uh, you know that um, one. That one. Uh, gr- um, gr- gr- um, monolith. Monolith. My goodness. Jeezy yeah. crazy. Uh, I would have gone back in time and, and found, Googled monolith before we started. Uh, monolith, <laughs> the one difference. Uh, uh, there was a there was a job <laughs> listing for monolith that uh, suggested that they were working on a live service game. Uh, and then WB Games came out, the publisher of this upcoming Wonder Woman game, came out and said, this is not a, um, this is not a, a live service game. This is a solely single player uh, adventure. Uh, it, let me say this. Job listings go up for things all the time uh, for, for studios for different reasons and different things. It is very difficult to tell what is going on at a studio when, when games are being made. Um, do I believe that there are going to be no like additional monetization elements in the wonder woman game. Uh, no, I think there probably will be WB games recently just said that they were like, we're doing all, all live service stuff all the time. First of all, second of all, I have a memory, uh, and I played middle earth shadow of war. Um, that game about a third of the way into it goes, do you want to play the game? Uh, okay. You owe me $30. You have to buy these like, I don't even remember skill points or something like that. It was quite bad. It was like quite bad with its monetization to the point where I simply stopped playing it. I just stopped. It became, um, it became, it became pay to win if I'm correct. Right. 
Yeah, for like a thousand percent. It was like you could grind for like 25 hours or you just pay me $10 right now. Uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, that, that, the, that, that's what Monolith have done in the past. There is going to be some sort of live service E, microtransaction E, pay E element of this. I'm not going to be surprised. I mean, I, didn't they already talk about this having some sort of like nemesis-based system in it? Like, uh, We do know that because that, they have a patent on yeah, that. Yeah, so, Games does. so like this, to me, this is going to be a very similar type of game to that, in my opinion. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's not as... Um, aggressive as shadow of uh, uh war two or shadow of mordor two but like i Need mean hope right yeah i mean this this kind of accidental stuff doesn't happen like when your company has to come out and clarify something like that like it just seems like they're very defensive about this and like with how little we actually know about this game i wouldn't be surprised if they are course correcting right now or there is some truth to this even if it's not exactly what people were thinking it's going to be I wonder how the reaction to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been, has influenced any other studios under WB Games. I wonder if that's like done anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure not only WB Games, but I'm sure like games in general, like when, when companies are looking at releasing live service e-games like this, uh, that did not give a positive reception at all. Truth be told, no. I did think I enjoyed some of that recent gameplay. Did you watch any of that gameplay? I watched a little bit of it. Everyone was calling on this like clip where it's like, this is Captain <laughs> yeah, Boomerang. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, they're yeah. Like, they're, there's like a voiceover that says like, uh, for those who haven't seen it, like this is Captain Boomerang. He primarily uses SMGs, shotguns and sniper rifles. And it's, everyone was like, this would be like, if you said that, like this is Wolverine, <laughs> he primarily uses shotguns, SMGs. Like his name is Captain Boomerang. Yeah, like, that's yeah. his fucking thing. Well, at least they said Boomerang. That'd be more concerning if they didn't say Boomerang at all. <laughs> this is Captain. Yeah. yeah this is Captain. He uses Boomerangs. Captain, Captain shotgun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so I yeah, I wonder what's what's going on there. Uh, it's still to be seen. Yeah, I do think that that suicide stuff, Suicide Squad stuff, like looks fun enough, but not like something I would really want to like buy or spend a lot of time on. I don't know. Uh, DC, the Xbox of superheroes, is that a good comparison? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, I want you to be there. Yeah, I want, I want you to be a little bit better. Like you got some types of good stuff, but like, can we just? <laughs> yeah, I liked. Um... <laughs> Trying to think of a DC thing I like. Um, that's and oh man, the idea. Uh, uh, Batman, Dark Knight. You like Dark Knight? Heath Ledger. I great. like Dark Knight. Dark Knight. It's a good great. movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I I bet I would like that that Batman movie that just came out with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it's good. That's a good little long, but good movie. I thought they good things with it. Me and Elena were gonna see it, and we were like, every single time we were gonna watch it, we were gonna go see it in theaters, and we we're like, it's eight o'clock right now. <laughs> it's, it, we're, we're trying to get out of here at one a.m. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, moving on, Justin Near lives. <laughs> Not much news here, but I'll take fucking whatever I can get for Near. Um, basically, the Near uh, series producer. This is a tweet from Okami Games at Okami thirteen underscore. Uh, Near series producer Yosuke Saito says they'll continue to make new Near games while game director Yoko Taro is alive. However, they are currently working on a new game unrelated to the Near series, which they hope to talk about next year. Um, so, not any specific news that like. A, about a new near game just that like they, we will probably eventually get near three um at some point after they're done with what they're working on right now so anything um, about that I, I think it's odd they had to clarify while he's alive um i think that's <laughs> i think that's just how they do it right do you remember when they had that s statement 
Or is like Yoko Taro being like, I'm trapped in the basement of yeah, Square Enix, yeah, please. Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. that's just like that's how they do their, it. their funny way of doing I, I it. Did, yeah. I did double check. He is 53 years old. So Oh, we got time. We, we got, got time. We got time. Well, you never life finds a way, as Jeff Goldblum don't, said. No, no, don't don't jinx Yoko Taro. I'm not gonna, the only guy I care about. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you want? I want. I want more near. Yeah. Let me say that. Yeah. I want more Yoko Taro. I want more near. I want more weird, in the form of yeah. near. And if you give me, yes. if if I get weird with a jump, jump dash, I am in. I will platinum that game. I will play it all day long. And by the way, let me buy the platinum so I don't have to like do that fucking grinding for weapons achievement that I did in near replicant i don't i can't believe i did that peter you cannot believe you did i that. cannot believe Insane i did that, that it's did nuts that. that i did that was the that was probably one of the worst platinums i ever got ever didn't you do that and um yakuza like a dragon in the same year where like the there was like a lot of grinding in that one too. i did but i had to finish it you know what i mean i had to but you got the platinum on it, right? No, or is it that no, just no, the no. main game? The plat- it was just the main game, like to get to the end. Oh, I just like like got did I like, had a, you had the problem with like a dragon is you had to like power level near the end to make it like something that was actually fun to play. And then I overdid mm-hmm. it, so I was like the max level, but I did have to grind a lot on that. No, the Dragon Age Inquisition was the other one that I'm gonna give myself a pat on oh, the back got it. for getting that platinum, because that was not an easy platinum. Not that I go for easy platinums, but like usually but, like doable yeah platinums. yeah that aren't crazy but having to play on the hardest difficulty level platinum no that was dragon age and that was dumb i'll say this i'm not mad because like you know, this is a free game i would have gotten the platinum for alan wake i got all the achievements in it i didn't realize oh but super easy platinum oh but i got it, i played it on xbox oh mm, well i'm not, not mad about it whatever um but like I opened up the menu and it, was, it said like 62 out of 62. And I was like, what? <laughs> when? Uh-huh. <laughs> super, it's a super easy platinum. Uh, uh, oh, speaking of easy platinums, we didn't talk about this. The Bluey video game came out. Uh, did you play it? I didn't. Um, I heard it's real short um, and not very good. That's unfortunate. But so far, it's got looks like it's got a couple of ratings here on... Um, Metacritic, it's an 80 from GameSpew, an 80 from The Gamer, and a 70 from Finger Guns. Um, and Finger Guns says, for Bluey fans, it's a no-brainer, and my kid enjoyed it immensely. It never does anything particularly memorable or of the same quality as the show, and it's very short, but it's a great sandbox for kids to explore and replay, and it achieves something wonderful in capturing the feel of the show. Now, Peter, I'm a Bluey fan. I su- Can you explain this to me? I've seen people talking about this. Yeah, go on. I'm a blue fan. I sometimes act like a kid, but like I don't, when it's something a sandbox kids would enjoy. Do you remember finding the bottom of your sandbox? I do. It's a sad as moment, a child, right? I, yeah. You, I sat in I sat in a turtle shaped sandbox as a child. And I remember. You got to the bottom and you're like, well, that's it, huh? Hmm. I feel like that's what this game would be to me. Like it's the adult playing in a kid's sandbox. You find the bottom really easy. Bluey though, awesome. It is like one of those shows that. Um, first of all, Bluey's dad makes every single dad in the world look like a bad dad. He's, he's just like a really good dad. He's so imaginative and creative. Like the amount of like positive energy that guy gives off. Like no one's got that. I don't got it. Maybe I'm just a bad person. I don't think I got it. And maybe my only comparison is having a little anxious dog with a diaper on as me being a dad. But it's just a really good show that I think has some like cool ideas for kids, but also has some really heartwarming moments for adults in it. So Bluey the TV show, highly recommend. Bluey the game, I don't think I'll ever play that game. Okay, interesting. Is that like a full-priced $60? Um, let me see. Where to buy? It's $39.99 at Best Buy. Okay, so yeah, it's not a... 
not a full. Um, oh, it says it's full price four game. easy payments starting at ten dollars with Zip. Yeah, Best Buy does that now. It's just like, what are, yeah. what are we talking about here? Um, Justin, here's something that um, I meant to mention a while ago in the Metacritic Roundup. Uh, Fashion Dreamer came out. That was a game, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, Elena jumped in once when this was announced. Uh, it came out. She's played it. Uh, if, I, if I could just give you a quick Metacritic Roundup here. Uh, here, hold on a second. Metacritic um, Roundup. Uh, yes. Yeah, don't have to do the whole thing. Just let's just. Uh, all right, there it is. Uh, <laughs> 62 on Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Uh, um, I think this blurb from the gamer uh, kind of kind of sums it all up. They gave it a 40, uh, a four out of 10. Fashion Dreamer was never going to be a game of the year candidate. However, it did have the tools to be a favorite game for many. On a purely technical level, it runs smoothly, as smoothly as games ever do on the Switch. But with its aimless story, lack of depth, oddly colorless world, and misguided focus on influencer culture means it finds itself as one of 2023's worst dressed instead. That said, if you have a girlfriend who is very excited for this game, it's a 10 out of 10. Mm. Uh, Elena likes it quite a bit. I, w- I would say uh, George05 uh, gave it a 10 and said, I just love how relaxing it is. It feels kind of empty yet, November 2023 20, now, but the monthly updates will add a lot, smiley face. And that was a 10 out of 10 review. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that, like, it's always interesting to see, like, reviews for games like this or for, like, the Bluey game, which is why I bring this up, where it's like, what, like not what did you expect but like yeah it's a simple game you know what i mean like it is this one thing you know um and you said you're not gonna try out the bluey game i probably will i'll, I'll be one night i'll be like having one too many cups of eggnog and being like you know what we're gonna do right now we're gonna play some bluey and then we'll we'll do that and then you and is me it, so, we can experience that together so it's like a cartoon yeah the show yeah it's a beautiful cartoon bluey the dog and it's a little sister bingo mom dad which is okay Muffin. So like if you had to compare it to another show, what would you compare it to? Nothing. It's one of a kind. Best show it's, ever. Oh, it's it's one of a kind. It's best show ever. It's truly unique. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. I, again, listeners, I don't have a kid, right? No, I know. Like, like, I've seen a lot of people talk about this Bluey thing. And I'm just curious, think, like, what, like... So Claire and I watched it in a hotel once, and we were just, like, looking for something to watch on TV, and Bluey was on, and we watched it. And, like, there was an episode that we both kind of teared up a little bit at. Sure. Kids, like, kids shows will do yeah, that. Yeah, they They'll do that in. for you. And it's just just like a sweet little show. They do always do like these imaginative games. And every once in a while, you get one that makes you cry a little bit. Dogs like it apparently because the colors are uh, colors that dogs can see. The bluey, the blue oh, colors. That's, that's tones actually to very it. cute. Yeah. Um, Archie doesn't like it though because it moves and there's sound. So like he's just, you know, sure, yeah, yeah, he, needs to, he needs to be in a sensory deprivation t- uh, chamber at all times. Sure, sure. Justin, real quick, hit me with uh, what's going on with this class action lawsuit with Sony. Oh, we might be getting money back um, because uh, Sony uh, is uh, in a class action lawsuit right now. Um, This article, this popped right before uh, we started uh, recording here. Um, But uh, Sony is set to face a $5 billion euro class action lawsuit over PlayStation Store prices. Um, this is through the uh, UK Tribunal. Um, this is an article on video games, Chronicle, written by Tom Ivan. Um, and basically, a class action lawsuit accusing Sony of overcharging PlayStation Store customers by up to 5 billion um, euros or 6.2 billion can proceed to trial. The UK Specialist uh, Competition Court has ruled. Um, 
Um, so if you uh, have play, bought anything on the PlayStation Store, you might be actually entitled uh, to getting some money back for that if this lawsuit does, in fact, go through. So um, uh, basically, the, the lawsuit is all going on that basically Sony was upcharging commissions on every purchase on the store, digital-only things. Um, and because they were charging so much, uh, they were taking and gouging money from consumers. So we, the consumers, might be getting a piece of that back. So cross your fingers. I would like to have at least a half um, of that uh, six point something billion dollars just for myself. What? Uh, how much does that work out to? Do we know? <laughs> like per person? Yeah, I'm sure there would be a percentage of uh, of every sale sold. So like, I mean, if you're looking at a sixty dollar game um, in general, like sixty dollars times point three equals. Um, that means that they charge about $18 of commission on a $60 game. This is me doing rough math, not the article or something like that. So I'm okay. assuming the uh, class action lawsuit is saying that that $18 is too high of a commission that they are upcharging us for. So we're not going to get $18 back per purchase, but we'll probably be getting, you know, you get that check in the mail. It might be for $50 if you've purchased a lot or significantly less if you haven't have you ever filed a, or, or accepted money from a class action lawsuit before for anything dude i got 700 bucks is that from facebook no 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 uh it was from so a local okay, okay. oh no <laughs> so, oh no this is a story i'm listening <laughs> yes so this is at, at like uh, like 2021 uh you know like you'll get like a letter like a class action lawsuit letter and it'll just be like um just like something to throw away you know, uh, but apparently it was like addressed to me and I opened it up and I looked at it and it was like, have you in the past 15 to 20 years used a finger scanner? Like, like a, a scanner in the area where I live in my my childhood home. And I was like, for sure. At the dentist, uh, not the, at the orthodontist. <laughs> Wait, when, really? When you sign in. Yeah. When you oh. sign in at the orthodontist, there was a finger scanner. And I was like, yeah, I definitely use that. And apparently, my de- my orthodontist was using that illegally. Um, and so I got $600. $600. I've gotten, I've gotten money back from, like, Snapchat or Instagram yeah, or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Like, like, $15 bucks venmo to me, like, nine months after you fill it out. $600 just randomly dropped in my bank account. So Shout out, my orthodontist. <laughs> thank, um, thank you for stealing my fingerprints. I appreciate that. I forgot to wear my retainer, so now my teeth are fucked. But, uh... Me? Was it worth? Thanks for the six hundred dollars. Got six hundred dollars. Your your braces and your retainer, uh, six thousand dollars. But worth it. Your fingerprints, six hundred dollars. So I think. Guess who? Guess who didn't have to pay for the retainer for the braces? Well, shouldn't your mom and dad get that money? Then? Yes, absolutely. Do not tell them that. I mean, they know that well, I got this money, but well, like, do not suggest that to them because they would. My mom would absolutely be like, "You owe us six hundred dollars." I'm just. No. I'm just saying. Isn't your mom also like a patron of this? Yeah, she probably could have gotten that, huh? Yeah. Or I guess, I don't know if she used the... Which doesn't matter. <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Mike Orthodontist. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks, doctor. Appreciate it. Uh, I think I think that's the place where we should end. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the logical conclusion for uh, Hitbox episode number 169. Um, nice. Justin, I just want to tell our, our listeners, I want to remind them that they can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. They can also... Support us by heading over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod, becoming a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jane Noll, Dave Parker, and GKS. Every single week, those deluxe 
podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Like I said, today we're doing part one of our Game Awards nominees and um, predictions. Next week we're doing part two of that. I'm excited to talk about all that with you here, Justin, uh, in just a little bit. But if you can't support us there, that's all good. Uh, Twitter.com slash hitboxpod. Follow us there. Tweet at us how you what you thought of this episode. If you had any feelings about Nier Automata or The Last of Us Part Two Remaster or the Knights of the Old Republic remake being dead in the ground or have any Baldur's Gate 3 tips for me, I'd love to hear them. Again, that's at HitboxPod. Um, you can also rank this podcast in your player podcast player of choice, but that's just if you got the time and if you're feeling up to it. Justin, am I forgetting anything? I actually just got a message from my phone saying that my PlayStation Portal is set to be delivered this Friday. So, <laughs> well, I'm very excited for you. <laughs> I look forward to your your review of it, yeah. and I look forward to Claire's review of whatever show she wanted to watch while she was going to eat. Uh, Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that review? <laughs> Tell me all about it, Claire. I'm very curious. Uh, thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>